Welcome into Ride the Line, the greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment. My name is Tanner Curran. I'm a certified G and a bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. In this right here, this is G Money Grant Mitchell. G Money was hot last week, and he's going to stay hot this week, and you can't teach that. Bada boom. Man, the people in the room, welcome in to Ride the Line, week three edition. Welcome in to Ride the Line, everybody. Was hot last week, Tanner. Like I said earlier, the rumors were true, but you were the one who was on the right side of that Thursday night football matchup. Can we talk about this game right real quick? Because that performance by the Giants was just, they were outclassed. I don't even want to call it a bad performance because they didn't screw anything up. They were just outclassed. Like the 49ers were just so much better than them. And the way I define it, I don't know about you. I look at that game and I say, that's the power of generating a presence of the pass rush with a four man front. You rush four, you get pressure on the quarterback, you can do pretty much anything. The 49ers proved that. They didn't even try to win the game. Like Brian Dable tucked his tail between his legs before the game even started. He's like, I'm not letting Daniel Jones throw the ball at all i'm not letting him take one shot down the field because they didn't it was all check downs little screen plays and short slants and stuff well i mean what the 49ers were doing was again they said we know we're going to win the the battle up front while we're only rushing force so we're just going to drop two three deep and we're going to keep everything in front of us and then daniel jones it was either like they're going for the check down which didn't work because everybody was collapsing or he was going for the deep ball which wasn't there because that's because how the defense was set up and Without Saquon in the mix, you know, uh, you, you were on the right side. You had 49ers minus 10. I, I had uh, Giants plus 10. But, you know, clearly it's just a bad pick out of me. The Giants were not prepared to win that game at all. I honestly don't put a lot of blame on Daniel Jones because, I mean, he missed like one or two throws here and there, sure. But Darren Waller had a really bad game, drops a few passes. And the offensive line was just getting eviscerated. I mean, the, the pocket wasn't holding for more than two seconds at a time. 99%. Of the money and bets were on Daniel Jones throwing an interception last night on DraftKings, at least that came through. That, that was, was a big. fake interception, though. That was a great interception. That was like <laughs> that was that was an that's the that's the ideal interception, though. When the ball gets bad up in the air, it's not going to end well. There was one a few drives before that, which I thought had a chance of being intercepted. I think when Darren Waller he threw it over Darren Waller. Darren Waller six six, and Daniel Jones le- legit. Darren Waller also there. didn't jump for that pass though. He legit threw it over a six six guy's head. So I'll just say that. But it, it should that one I thought had a chance of being picked. So I bet the interception. So I, I got excited about that. Christian McCaffrey over his rushing yards and over his rushing plus receiving yards. Absolute money. He needed yep. seven yards late in the fourth quarter. I'm like, there's no way he's coming back in this game. And then Kyle Shanahan runs him three times because uh, he needed the needed the the hits there to win. So I got that. That was great. Um, and then Niners. And then I lost the over. I lost Daniel Jones rushing. I thought he was going to take off there. But overall, good night. Yeah, it was, it was a good night if you're a 49ers fan. Brock Purdy probably should have thrown a couple of interceptions to start that game. He got a lot better as the game went on. That was a dot to Debo on that one touchdown pass. But early in the game, I mean, you know, you're talking about the batted balls. There were a few of them where, like, Kittle had to play free safety on a really bad pass. Um, there was another, was, was it, it might have been Debo on a comeback route where he had to knock it out of the defender's hands. There were, like, two or three interceptions that brought, well, should be interceptions that Purdy threw and then, the 49ers either swatted out of the air or the Giants just dropped and the ball didn't bounce their way. So, um, you know, it's it's those it's those little moments, you know, stuff like that decides the whole game and end up going in the 49ers' favorite. Uh, before we jump into the show, by the way, I just want to ask, do you do you agree? If you were the odds makers, would you set the 49ers as the Super Bowl favorites right now? Because that's where most of them have them. Yeah, I would. I mean, I don't think anyone who's in the NFC who could come in. I mean, Eagles, who would, you know, Cowboys, Eagles um, don't look Seahawks good. and Lions, if you believe in them. 
Eagles don't look good right now. The Eagles do not look like a Super Bowl team. Um, the Cowboys always lose in the divisional round, and they just lost Trayvon Diggs. So, like, there's there's definitely some holes there, too. Um, on the AFC side, you got a lot of teams that could win, and anything could happen when you get Super Bowl. But I think this, the like, this is the year. If you listen to the broadcast last night, like, they're all talking about, like, this is the year based on the contracts and based on how the teams align. Like, next year, they're not going to be as good. This is the year that they need to win. Yep, I'm, I'm excited to see it. I had the Cowboys as my favorite. Uh, haven't really, haven't really digested the impact of that Trevon Diggs injury. Going to need to watch them play a couple games before I give my take on how that moves things around. Yeah. Well, anyways, Grant, you got to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We had a great show last Wednesday. Thanks to everyone who watched that and subscribed. We're going to have another great show today. We got a bunch of picks coming at you guys. We each have the same pick in one game, and then we have two of our own. So make sure you stay tuned. Smash the subscribe button. You literally just have to tap a button. It's not rocket science. Never been rocket science, Grant. Take us into the first pick. Okay, let's start off with our common pick, shall we, Tanner? And I also just want to touch on the importance of line shopping with this pick because some books have this line at plus two and a half. Some have it at plus three, but some have it at plus three and a half. And that pick is the Tennessee Titans versus the Cleveland Browns. So again, in full, Titans plus three and a half versus the Cleveland Browns. Now, I'll be honest, and I don't know how you view this one. I mean, obviously you like it since you're taking it as well, but... I'm honestly a little bit shocked the Titans are underdogs in this game. I mean, they they start the year off with a one-point loss on the road to the New Orleans Saints, who on paper, the Saints are a much better team than the Titans are. Now, that has that's not how it's played out. And, of course, the Titans have a much better coaching situation than the Saints do. But Saints, on paper, more talented than the Titans. And then they get a big win in overtime against the Chargers team, which, same thing, Chargers – probably a top five, top seven on paper roster, and the Titans still find a way to win. They're now 2-0 and against the spread. They started last year 8-2 and against the spread. The Browns, their, their entire team pretty much was Nick Chubb. Now you're putting the whole franchise into Sean Watson's hand. That hasn't worked out very well so far. Only three of his eight games in Cleveland has even thrown for more than 200 yards. Uh, that defense, sure, it looks really good, but the Titans have a great defense as well. Uh, Mike Vrabel is an excellent coach. I just don't understand the pricing of this line. And considering we can get it all the way up to over that significant number of three, get it at three and a half, I think this is a, a lock of the lock of the week. Deshaun massaged his knowledge of playing quarterback right out of him. <laughs> you guys, the, I'm not, am I wrong? Am I wrong? Obviously, you're wrong for using the terminology. Yeah, no, no. He just he he the the quarter the knowledge of playing quarterback was massaged right out of him. Um, <laughs> the, the, I mean, let's listen. He's not good. He can't throw the ball down the field anymore. So I think when we look at this game, Grant, like people haven't adjusted the fact that Nick Chubb's not playing. The line hasn't moved to a point where this should be a pick'em game because. The Tennessee Titans are very good against the run. So even if they try to pound the ball with Jerome Ford and they try to run the ball with Deshaun Watson, which I think he's going to do a little more running this week and go over his total. It's a little side play. Um, but I don't think they're going to be able to run the football all day on the Tennessee Titans. I think they're going to be forced to throw the ball. And if Deshaun Watson was the Watson that led the NFL in passing before he uh, when he, before he left with all the, the problems and when he was in Houston, yeah, I think the, the Browns win this game. But he's not that quarterback anymore. He can't throw the ball. He needed to make a critical throw on fourth down, right, to win the, to at least extend the game. He threw it out of bounds, five he, yards out of bounds. He threw it. He he threw it. And you're telling me that the knowledge of playing quarterback wasn't massaged out of this guy. You got to give your your receiver a chance to go make a play. If he gets picked off, so what? It's fourth down. Throw it in bounds at least. Give him a chance. 
and just look at these te- these teams are honestly kind of identical they're they're run first teams with you know probably the best and second best running backs in the entire league bottom 10 quarterbacks that can make plays here and there but overall you don't trust them great parts of their defense for the browns it's it's more the pass rush with miles garrett for the titans they give up the fewest rushing yards per game this is like the exact same team but the titans have a better head coach and now the Browns' best offensive player is out for the season. I, I get. I just don't understand why the line is like this. I think Titans plus three and a half. Like I said, there are no locks in sports betting, but if there were, this is my lock for the week. I think they went out right too. Like if Watson could still throw the ball down the field, I'd say the the Browns win this game with ease. If he could, but he can't. That's the problem. So no, based on what he's shown us passing the ball, there's no reason to take them in the spot. I would go with Tennessee Titans. They're playing better. Their offense is clicking better. And their defense is very good. And the one thing that their defense is bad at, Cleveland can't do. So makes sense to go with Titans. Plus Absolutely does. Just like for me, it makes sense to go with this pick. But I know you're not so fond of it. But I'm taking the Chicago Bears plus 12 and a half versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Tanner, you know what this Bears situation feels like? This feels like football. This this feels like grit. This is the quarterback is telling the coaching staff he they don't know what they're doing. The defensive coordinator is fired, and according to some rumors, there's some there's some interesting stuff going off on going on off the field. Uh, all rumors at this point. Got to keep your eyes peeled on that. DJ Moore is talking to the Buccaneers, saying they're not using me the right way. Justin Fields wants to be let off the leash. This is football. They're going to come out. They're going to play the most backyard style approach. Justin Fields is going to run for 5,000 yards in one game. This is going to be like the Bears score 14, 20 points in the fourth quarter. Get the craziest backdoor cover ever. I I just, I can't tell you how much this feels like a Chiefs cover or a Bears cover for me here. And then let me actually like give some real insight here. So the Chiefs, their offense isn't the best, you know, they're ninth in yards gained, but they're only 22nd in scoring. Doesn't look the same. And I think honestly, we do need to have a bit of a conversation about Eric Bieniemy was so often overlooked when he was with the Chiefs because of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. But now you see the Chiefs offense is taking steps back while the commander's offense is moving forward significantly. And then same thing with the other team that was in the Super Bowl. Shane Steichen leaves the Eagles. Their offense doesn't look the same. And all of a sudden, the Colts offense looks better than advertised. So we got to give our respect to the offense and the coordinators. Uh, Mahomes is only 7-13-1 in his career as a double-digit favorite. Um, and since 2005, teams that are 0-2 against the spread cover in 56% of Week 3 games. That criteria fits the Bears. So I'm taking the Bears plus 12.5 versus the Chiefs. Grant, did you just say the Commanders are getting better on offense? They've played two games, two games. Uh, yeah, but we uh, the the Commanders hadn't scored. I think I'm trying to remember exactly the stat. I think the Commanders hadn't scored 35 plus points since like 2018 or something, and they did it in Sam Howell's third ever start on the road. I'll tell you what, Sam Howell couldn't hit his passing yards first week. He really he was cooking. Sam, listen, Sam Howell right now through two weeks, Sam Howell's a, t- a top half quarterback in the league. Top half through two weeks. Only these two weeks, he's been a top half. Oh, yeah, he's been playing pretty. He's been playing good. I'm not saying he hasn't. I'm not saying. I'm not saying he hasn't. I'm just not saying. Bagging on the kid. I don't. It, but I don't. I don't like your. I don't like your thought process in the sense of oh, Eric Bieniemy leaves the Chiefs. That's why they're bad. Like they were bad the first week. They didn't have Travis Kelsey. No, no, no. I'm saying that. I'm. I'm not saying that the offensive coordinator decides everything. But I'm saying that nobody ever even spoke of Bieniemy when he was there. To me, it's not a coincidence the Chiefs are taking steps back and the Commanders are taking steps forward. Now, can the Chiefs figure it out? Of course, and they will. But as of right now, it's just not the same Chiefs team that it was, you know, even last year, which was a down year, quote unquote. 
Yeah, well, they need Travis Kelsey to be healthy and have Taylor Swift come to the game, then they're going to pop off. But Travis Kelsey has no Riz, by the way. Can we talk about that? He's got Riz. He was like, I invited her to the game. He's got Riz. I've seen you rock the stage at Arrowhead. How about you come see how hard I rock it? That's all fake news. There's no way he DM'd her that on Instagram. Like, that's fake news. He said it. He reported it. I know. He's just trying to stir it up. Now, I don't even know if they're talking. Like, what they hung out once. Come on. I mean, I mean, it's, I thought she, she comes to Austin game. Reeves. Wasn't that the rumor? Yeah. She was with Austin Reeves too. Like, come on. If, if she, if she goes to a game, if she actually is in attendance at a game, one, the internet would blow up too. Like the, the over Travis Kelsey's yardage props would be through the roof. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I, I don't like the chiefs. I don't like the bears. I'm kind of indifferent. I just wouldn't, this game's just not super appealing to me. Um, I might put in a teaser with the bears, but, or to tease the Chiefs down to like five and a half, but it's just not not ideal for me. Anyways, Grant, I don't mind the pick out of you. Play that I'm going with here, big time pick right now. I'm going to take Lamar Jackson to, for his combined passing plus rushing total over 280 and a half. Usually we think of combined totals. We don't think of them for quarterbacks too much because there's not a lot of running, pure running quarterbacks in the NFL. Lamar has been terrible. Like the first week he wasn't good. The second week he was better. Whoa, 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 whoa. Lamar- Throwing the ball, he was terrible against Houston. Yeah. yeah, first week he was terrible. Second week he was really, really good. So-so. No, really so, good. So-so. He was so-so. Um, so first week he was really bad, though. Second week, I will give him that. He's gotten better. But he's not that guy. He's still not that guy in my mind. He. This is the week that he pops off. This is the week that he pops off against a struggling Colts secondary that's giving up 320 passing yards per game to C.J. Stroud. Um, and especially, too, if they get pressure – on Lamar, he's going to be able to take off. So that's why I'm adding the combined. And I still think he hits his passing total in this game. It's like 230. Um, but I do like him to go over the combined. He hit it last week. He was dog water against the uh, Texans. Grant, he can't have one good game and then make me think he's back. Oh, yeah. I, the guy who was injured and hadn't played in like six months, he's a little rusty he by his own admission in, in week injured. one. My and then God. he comes out and he has a phenomenal game against Grant. the divisional opponent on the road. State. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, That's, he had no pressure because Joe Burrow wasn't even playing. Is Does Joe Burrow play defense? No, but it puts pressure on him to score. Okay, and Lamar, what? He scored. He won the game outright as a three and a half point underdog. He shouldn't have been a three and a half point underdog. They should have been favored in that game. Why don't you talk? Why don't you talk to Vegas then? They're the ones who make trillions of dollars every year. Clearly, they thought the Bengals were still going to win that game. No. So Lamar Jackson, the first week, he literally threw the ball to Houston Texans. Last week, he was better. Um, so I expect him to have one of those kind of games this week. I think he's going to be even better through the air, be more dominant down the field, um, and they get the job done there because the Colts' secondary is atrocious. Um, you know, I wouldn't be betting the game side in this one until we figure out what's going on with Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew, because we still don't know which one's starting at the time we're recording this, but this has nothing to do with that. You know, it's a player prop. And, um, I think my only concern would be that if, you know, if if the Ravens go up so big early that they don't necessarily have to, they're just going to run the ball the whole game. That's really the only thing I'll be concerned about, but I do think this is a good prop. Um, very similar to, what we were both expecting from Daniel Jones, you know, with Saquon out, we thought he was going to be the whole offense. Turns out the Giants had no offense whatsoever, but kind of a similar thing with Lamar. He's going to be the passing guy and he's going to be the running guy without J- with J.K. Dobbins out for the year. So I like this prop. He better hit. If he doesn't hit, he's dead to me. <laughs> Look, you are, you're already a Lamar hater. so I, I don't like Lamar. It. I'm going to be honest. I think I think Lamar's soft as hell. So I will say yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Right and I think it's ridiculous. But No. Grant, you got a chance to go win a championship. You don't want to be on the field with your boys. Come they didn't on. have a chance to win the championship. Yes, they did. Injured. They had a chance to win. They, they were a Super Bowl contender. 
And no, say, last year, no, they were not. They the were dude, not. Listen, overall, though, he hasn't played. What's he played in, like, 12 games the past four seasons or something? Like the bro- he What gets are you hurt. talking about? You're he just hurt all the time now. No, 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 12 no. games in the last four seasons? No, each of the last four seasons. Oh, well, that's not – okay, that's different. No, it's not. If you're a quarterback – Ken, you said 12 games in four seasons. That means an average of three games a year. It's still, Grant, playing 12 games a season isn't good. Let's see. No, 12, Tanner, you, you're not understanding. You said he's played 12 games in four seasons. I know, that, Grant. You misunderstood what I – You misunderstood every season. You misunderstood what I was saying, but I will no, say this. No, you didn't if, speak correctly. But, Grant, Grant, put that aside. Even if you're playing in 12 games a season as the franchise yes, – that changes everything. That's still bad. It That's changes so things. Yes, of course it does. There you go. There you go. Point taken. 12, 12 games. He's playing in what? He played 12 in each of the last two, 15 of the two before that. Six, six, six. He's like, he's a 67 percenter, right? Well, the last two years he was, yes. That's how, that's how I identify him. What'd you do for me today? Boom. By the way, last week, Lamar had 289 or 291 total yards Two touchdowns, a quarterback rating of 81. He was better than okay. Stop do it, it on Lamar. Do it, yeah. Well, I, I, my, my only memory from Lamar is him saying, hey, Texans defensive back, you look like I'm on your team. Let Bro, me throw it, it right week to you. One after I like six care. months off with an injury. He was I rusty. The homie plays in 12 games a year. Of course he's rusty. All right, whatever. Here we go. My final pick is Steelers plus three versus the Raiders. Again, I don't understand why the Steelers are underdogs. I know their offense is atrocious, but – it was atrocious last year. They still won nine games. Uh, great stat here. Mike Tomlin in his career is 52-28-3 against the spread as an underdog. The Raiders are bottom seven in points scored and points allowed. Um, they, they, again, you know, they, they can take any opponent and make them look like world beaters. Um, I don't believe in Jimmy Garoppolo. Not that I believe in Kenny Pickett, but... Honestly, I mean, aside from Devontae Adams, the offenses are basically exactly the same. Steelers defense is far and away better. And we just saw the Steelers defense can score two touchdowns in a single game. So I'm going to take the Steelers plus three. Even though it's on the road, I really like their, I like their chances to win this game outright. Yeah, I like this pick. I think the, I think the Steelers need a defensive touchdown, though, to win. Like, I think they need a few big plays to set the offense up. Look for George Pickens to be very good, especially Deontay Johnson. I don't know if he's going to play or not. Um, there's um there's a prop uh, for um Pickens team first team touchdown score when I checked yesterday it was plus 900 if the Steelers might only score one touchdown in this game and you know there, there's a decent chance it goes to Pickens so that would be something that I would look at well I'll tell you what it's not gonna be Najee Harris bro <laughs> oh no did Deontay Johnson on the IR my bad um, I um no I I posted I posted a, a video the other day talking about Najee Harris and I had a couple of Steelers fans in the comments like it's not Najee's fault that he's playing a loaded box and you know well they had Jalen Warren in there and he missed a crucial block on third down like first of all yes Najee does face a loaded box but when he gets opportunities to escape he doesn't and when you I mean look at his numbers that he's got like less than 50 60 rushing yards every single week and nobody says anything and then Jalen Warren's getting you know better or equal or even better production on much more limited carries and then you know if Jalen Warren misses a block on third down okay but you don't pay your running back to be great in pass protection I know it's a benefit this is exactly what happened with the Dallas Cowboys Cowboys fans were making the case that we got to keep Zeke around because he can be a pass blocker like 
go out, find yourself a cheap little practice squad guy who's good in pass protection, and then just promote him to the team. You don't pay somebody more than $10 million a year because they're a good a running back that's good in pass protection. You got to be good in it all. Like, that's what you get paid the big bucks for. You do have to be, you have to, you have to be good at pass protect, but you're not getting paid solely to be a pass protector. No, I agree with that. Um, the, the Steelers offense is trash. Like it's terrible. It's, it, it doesn't matter. Jalen Warren or Najee Harris, like they can't run the football and Kenny Pickett can't throw the ball. Kenny Pickett, take your two gloves off, man. Take them off. Like it doesn't work in, in the NFL. It doesn't. Kenny Pickett can't throw the ball. They can't run the ball. And the offensive line doesn't hold up. Like they're great with the skill position guys that, you know, George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Allen Robinson, Fryermuth, they're good, but everything else needs an overhaul. And I don't, I mean, they got to attack it at some point because this is a Super Bowl defense. Like if they're serious about it, they're going to go, you know, into the draft, spend early capital there, and then spend some money beefing up that offensive line as well. Which shows how good the 49ers were because they made them look like, JV team. Um, yeah. Okay. Final pick here. I like the Miami Dolphins minus six and a half at home against Denver Broncos. First off, Denver, the offensive issues are still there. We thought they were going to be gone. We thought Sean Payton was going to bring in, you know, a very good offense and a, a, a offense that was efficient. It hasn't happened. This team is not good. They're not recovered. I think they're cursed offensively. And the one thing that the Miami Dolphins do very well is score points. They can put points on the board at will. Um, defensively, they're playing better, I think, than people expected. Yes, the Denver Broncos have a quality defense, but Miami's going to strike. It's almost like the war of attrition. By the fourth quarter, Miami's going to have more shots down the field, more chances to score than the Denver Broncos. I can see the Broncos scoring 10 points in this game. If that's the case, I easily see Miami putting up 21 points, and that's easily going to be a cover. So um, I think the efficiency down the field, the way two has been playing, the the momentum that Miami has, I mean, they look like the favorite in the AFC right now. I'm going to take them minus six and a half. I'm not on either side of this one. I don't really have a lean. I think that this is a game where there's going to be some changes for the Broncos. Sean Payton was talking about shortening the verbiage. Um, He's continued to call out Russell Wilson. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a a kitchen sink game where they kind of just throw everything they have to try to get this team back on the right track because we know only one team in NFL history started 0-3 and then gone on to make the playoffs. Sean Payton came into this year saying that it will be an utter catastrophe if this team doesn't reach the playoffs. So if they go 0-3 to start the year, they're going to be rethinking everything. I mean, they paid Jared Stidham $10 million to come over there. Does, does Sean Payton look to start him over Russell Wilson at some point? I think it's possible. So I think the Broncos are going to empty everything they have in this game. On the opposite side, though, the Dolphins hired Vic Fangio to be their defensive coordinator. He was fired from the Broncos. This is like a revenge game for him. He wants to show them what they're missing out on. So I also wouldn't be surprised if he has his defense up and ready to go. So if I had to pick a side, I think I would be on the Dolphins, but I personally would be staying away from this one. I think Sean Payton's not going to work with Denver. I think he's too much of like a hard-nosed coach. I don't think he can do that in today's world. Is it Denver or just this kind of Russell Wilson I, team? I think it's the Russell Wilson prima donna team. Like like Sean Payton's approach worked, I think, because he was in a system. He was there for a while. It's like taking Urban Meyer and sticking him. And this is this is a crazy analogy because obviously, but it's like taking that like hard ass. Like if you watch Swamp Kings and you stick Urban Meyer in the NFL, like it's not going to work. And I still think like Sean Payton, like the whole. Um, you know, hey, I don't want my guys wearing sunglasses and hats on the sidelines kind of deal. You know what I'm saying? Like that that old school approach. Like I don't know if that works in the NFL right now. These guys are bigger than life. I don't think you can take them down unless you were in that, unless it was like just Saints culture year after year after year. You agree with that? 
to well to your point sean payton wasn't in a system sean payton i feel like was the system yeah, in was. new orleans yeah so yeah, I yeah i i understand what you're saying um i think sean payton is probably still one of the five or seven smartest head coaches in the league um, but it is going to come down to, you know, I think you make some good points. I think it's going to come down to can he implement that that culture and that system that he had in New Orleans? Because if he does, then things can take off for them. But I feel like it's almost impossible with Russell Wilson there. And then just with everything that you gave up to to get Wilson and also the money you're paying him, you can't really afford to trade or cut him. So uh, it's kind of going to be, I guess, which whoever blinks first. Yeah, it's like the Patriot way. Like Bill Belichick is an old school coach, but that's that's the Patriot way. Right. Like that's that's just their system. If you bring in if you stick Bill Belichick and put him into a new team, it takes a long time to build that hard nosed culture. And I think in today's world, it's 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 out the window. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but it's just not there. Like all these young like shot like Mike McDaniel. Look at those guys. Love him. They're playing for him. He ain't Sean Payton. I, I mean, I, 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 we're all on the outside, obviously. I wouldn't have thought that Sean Payton would be a pain to pay for to play for like a Belichick would be. But, you know, maybe it is. I think he's he went so hard he was like trying to get the culture and get Russell Wilson to actually text his teammates. But anyways, that was Ride the Line, the greatest podcast sports bang entertainment. Grant, you can sign us off today. Oh, I get the privileges of signing us off. Guys, before we do get on out of here, if you enjoyed the show, then you have one thing to do, one thing only, subscribe to the channel. Tanner and I are here throughout the week, every single week, bringing you the best betting content in the sports betting world. You don't want to miss out on it. Like the video if you did enjoy. Comment. Let us know what your favorite picks for this weekend are. And we will see you all next week on the next episode of Ride the Line.